0: To a brand new episode of Red White and Brown brought to you by Live, and today it's the OG crew it's Michael and Mira here and today we're talking about three uh, movies and tv shows that have come out this prior week by the way apologies for my voice I've been screaming my heart out at some basketball games recently big sports fan over here so if you hear the voice crack a little bit I promise I'm not going through puberty already done I'm just a little hoarse right now but speaking of horse,
1: yeah, Dasha. Know. Dasha is horror, sir. She's yeah, yeah. out and she's sick. She has fever. You know, it's 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 the time of the year when she's hitting hitting back uni, and she she ended up getting fever on flight. But uh, she promised that she will be back next week. So we wish her all the best for her. I recovery. swear, it seems
0: every time the winter comes around that's just when disease comes around because you know every winter is usually whenever i start to get some sort of respiratory thing or some little virus here and there i mean all, all across campuses too you know kids are sick so thank god i'm i'm still healthy I promise i'm not sick just a little bit of a voice horse but we're going to kick this right off um with the first review here like i said got a big list right here so stay tuned for all the great hits i'm going to leave it off for mir to get a start off Mira, What were you watching this week? How was it? Was this a good week for Bollywood Snow?
1: It was a great week. I ended up watching um, quite a few shows. I actually, have to tell you, ended up finishing off the show that I really liked on Wiki called The Forbidden Marriage. It's the story of the Joseon era era, and this king, his, his love of his life, his wife, the queen, dies. And he decides that nobody in the in the kingdom is going to get married. And that entire marriage edict goes on for seven years. So seven years, nobody nobody's allowed to marry or have a relationship. And everybody's oh, wow. with him. Till this woman comes along and she's a swindler. And she tells him, your wife's, your ex-wife's uh, spirit is inside me. And she's trying to tell you to move on. So, so it was really funny and part. Yeah. And it was a really lovely twelve episode episode thing. So I actually loved it. And the other one I really liked was uh, My Little Man. And that's uh, that's a sea drama. It was really interesting. So uh, this woman uh, works, uh, studies at a university in Italy. And one day she gets kidnapped because the kidnappers think she is another person who looks exactly like her. And then the Mm. second woman just realizes that somebody else has been kidnapped in her place. She goes to rescue the girl and in the whole process dies and how this art student has to literally take over the life of the dead woman because she has to save the woman's empire so really nice story It was breezy it was a lot of you know action and you know a lot of surprises yeah it sounds like a couple of breezy
0: that. little tv shows you're gonna over the weekend
1: Absolutely. And, you know, we have a show called Dorama where um, where Jessica reviews um, C-dramas and J-dramas and K-dramas. K, K and, you know, you love that show because Jessica is so good at it. But here we do the Daisy stuff and things that have a Daisy flavor. So let's get started with this sh- this movie called Mission Majnu that is streaming on Netflix. And of course, I had to watch it because my favorite actor, Haughty Siddharth Malhotra, was in the show this is an OG
0: hot list member
1: totally he's a perennial hot hot list and you know just he's so charming he's he's very charming so there there are the the movie had this you know two stars there is Siddharth Malhotra and there's Rashmi Gamandana who's also a star and then there were actors like Sheree Pashmi and uh, Kumud Mishra and Rajit Kapoor who are seasoned actors so you know, so so that we differentiate between the two. So this um, um, movie is um, is set up in um, uh, you know there's a narration to the movie where um, the guy says that he's a, he's a chief of chief of the research and analysis wing of the um, of, of India, which is the Indian version of the CIA, and then he explains the backstory of the nuclear arms race between India and Pakistan, uh, which happened after the 1971 Indo-Pakistani War. India won the war, but the tension remained. It remains still now, and the two countries don't even allow their actors to um, mingle, literally. You, Pakistani actors can't even act in any movies anymore. They used to at some point in time, and we saw some really con- good content come out of there. But then, Coming back to the story, so this is set up in around 1974 where India has successfully conducted a nuclear bombs test and Pakistan secretly starts developing their own atom bomb technology. They bring in a scientist who's who's, who's um, who's an American Pakistani, they bring him in and they ask him to develop their technology. So we are introduced to Tariq, played by Siddharth Malhotra. And he's a guy who lives in Rawalpindi, who's uneducated, and he works as a sub-tailor in a tailoring shop. And he falls in love. And this is where I don't understand Indian movies. They have to show that fall in love, romantic angle, where you could have just stuck to his spy life, and that would have been so much more interesting, right? So this guy um, uh, falls in love with the tailor's niece, Nasreen, who's blind, uh, but... um, but, you know, somehow she six, six senses how handsome he is and, you know, falls in love with him too. And uh, so, so Vatari gets love at first sight. And then, you know, there's this entire sequence of maybe 20 to 20 minutes, which weren't needed in the movie, but 20 minutes of everything in slow-mo and flowers falling and them dancing and singing and, you know, that entire romantic thing. And once we're done with the romantic thing, we see that in the can get married and they live very modest life because obviously he earns the salary of a sub um, tailor. however guess what it's a perfect cover for an indian raw agent he's a he's a spy yeah. of course his wife doesn't know it and now she's pregnant and he's really you know his, his real name is Amandeep Singh so he's a Sikh and um he's really deep into it by now because He's a spy who's married a woman and he hasn't told her who she who he is, and now she's pregnant with, with his baby. Um, anyways, now this guy's tasked, along with two other spies who are also undercover, and one of them being being, being the pre the Mulvey of the mosque, um, uh, he's a spy as well, he's undercover. And all these guys are tasked with the entire process of refiguring really out if Pakistan is. Um, indeed uh, developing an atom bomb, and if it is, where is it? And they need to even get the physical evidence. So this is where the entire drama kind of takes off. And then, you know, he tries his best, Tariq tries his best to figure out where uh, it could be, but he takes a very um, unconventional approach to, you know, he's not James Bond, but he, he has a very unconventional approach to figuring out, like, for example, he visits the neighborhood, probable neighborhood. He also figures out where in Rawalpindi who has gotten, uh, you know, in English English toilets done, because that would tell you that somebody's come from abroad and they've furnished their home with facilities that are available abroad and they are expensive. So he tries to figure that out. And then he goes to the neighborhood. He goes to the kids' schools to figure out who the girls were. So he kind of traces it back in a way where, you know, they figure out that whatever the Indian government thinks of the Israeli, Mossad thinks where this bomb is going to be made is not where it's made. So they have like 48 hours to figure out, uh, figure out how to get some physical evidence so that Israel stops attacking the wrong place. They, they turn around and don't attack the wrong place. So he, they go and uh, they visit this place, and they're not able to take pictures to make it make it feasible. Uh, they get caught over there, and then uh, then he figures out a very ingenious plan. He actually figures out there's only one barber in town, and all the people at the bomb site are literally going to the barber shop for the haircuts. He actually collects the hair and he sends it over to India in train in somebody's luggage, and that was smart of him because. If they if they lab test the hair, they'll realize what what the exposure, what the uranium exposure of that person to the hair is. So that is a physical evidence. that India takes to Mossad and they stop the war, but they also figure out where the bomb is being made and how it's being made, and they kind of are able to push back Pakistan's joining the nuclear race by a few. years at least. So this is the crux of the story. Now, what did I feel about the story? Um, well, you know, I'll tell you something. Uh, it would have been a great story had they not appended it with a lot of jingoism in the end. And I'm not saying it's bad to be nationalist. Um I'm 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 really happy if something's nationalist. But at the expense of putting down another country and you know creating creating slogans against another country, that is distasteful. In this day and age, it is highly distasteful. It wasn't required, it wasn't needed, but it was it was put in the movie. And that kind of was a very big turnoff for me because you know, we've all grown up. Let's let's face it, every country has its own agenda, every country needs to survive, and they're doing whatever they have to. And and India is doing whatever they have to, but at the same time, nobody nobody becomes a bigger patriot by putting another country down. And I thought that was very petty in the way it was, it was, it was uh, kind of put together was very, 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 very cheap to to that extent. Sure. Uh, Malhotra is, of course, hot. He's charismatic and, and you know, the love track was rushed, yet it was so unpalpable. I mean, I just, we just couldn't connect with it. Also, um, you know, there was no chemistry between him and Rashmi Gamandana to to, to the farthest. I mean, it was, it wasn't all that great. Um, But also, there's only so far that his good looks could have carried the movie. Um, The movie was really carried by the actors like Kumud Mishra, Sharif Hashmi, and of course, Rajit Kuru, who are really good at what they do and their characters were actually pretty well then and consistent. Um, so so uh, the other thing that really hit me was, because we watch a lot of Pakistani shows and Pakistani movies as well, we really realized that uh, the affectation of 1974's Raul Pindi wasn't well done. Um, there were so many loopholes in accent and clothes and everything. You know, the, 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 there was a big it was as if somebody had just walked out of the door without thinking of these things. Uh, the, the language uh, Pakistan speaks Urdu in a certain accent, and there are words in Urdu that need to be used. Instead, of words in Hindi were being used, and that is uh, that's deficit filmmaking. That's um, that's completely misplaced, and those are things that really affect the formal product and the and the, and the feeling that it leaves you with. So, uh, yeah, the movie does end with jingoism and sacrifice. However, it does not give us the feels that we should be feeling for a hero.
0: Sure. So we're back here on Red, White, and Brown. We just got done reviewing Mission Majinu, which is on Netflix. I highly recommend you guys all go and watch. But we're going to stay on Netflix with this next one because we're talking about another TV show. You might be wondering why we're reviewing this one, but it's actually because... There's actually some setting in India. We're talking about Kung Fu Panda, um, the TV show on Netflix. And let me just say, Kung Fu Panda was a movie that I grew up on. For those of you that aren't familiar, Kung Fu Panda is a movie series which has just recently spun off into a TV series on Netflix. And as I said, you know, Kung Fu Panda is this, it's is a great movie with this great message for kids, basically about a panda named Poe, voiced by Jack Black, who is kind of lazy, you know, kind of you know likes to eat a lot of food he runs a noodle shop with his dad and he always aspires to be a kung fu master but he never really thinks he can be and then this village there's a group of five you know kung fu warriors um they're called the furious five they're led by a master and the whole premise of the first movie is that this you know former this former uh student of theirs like kind of turned bad you know tried to take over the area got some to prison And now he's staying there. But anyways, Poe kind of rises up. He ends up joining this um, tournament where these Kung Fu Masters are fighting. And all of a sudden, he is looked at as the chosen one. Now, he thinks this is an accident. Everyone around him thinks this is an accident. Slowly and slowly throughout the thing, Poe starts believing himself more. And actually, he really becomes an absolute master in Kung Fu. Saves the day in the original movie. And three movies came on after that. However... The Kung Fu Panda TV show on Netflix, The Dragon Knight, um, now has two seasons. The first season, um, you know, took place where the crew was traveling to India to capture the evil uh, weasel siblings, Maruka and Klaus, um, and they were attempting to find these four magical weapons, like these four magical weapons, essentially when put together very similar to like if you've seen Avengers, and you know the infinity stones and the gauntlet and everything. These four weapons when brought together that are these magical weapons that could, you know, lead to absolute destruction and catastrophe. So they're wanting to find these weapons and make sure that no one uh, evil picks them up along the way, especially these two siblings so we are looking at the second installment and just like i said this second installment takes off just where it left off um we see a lot of different cool things such as new characters showing up showing up you know, delicious delicacies like i said poe likes to eat um so you do see a lot of good food they do show off a lot of ac food which i loved to see um in this movie or in this tv show as well as just like breathtaking you know kind of cinematography specialties and whatnot one thing that I thought really stood out about the new season versus the last is it's, it's very fast-paced. Um, the action sequences are pretty pretty tight, so there's not these overdrawn out like action sequences just the fill time. They actually very much keep the audience engaged because the story is paced in a way to where you can watch some great action. scenes, but you're also, you know, exposed to some great plot line, some great voices. Jack Black is always a really funny uh, voice actor, uh, along with Rita Ora and James Hong. Um, and, you know, overall, like I said, I, I find myself just enjoying the watch um, as it was going along. I will say there were some like animation uh, production quality that I did think kind of like dropped this down a notch now. I don't know if that's quite necessarily like a Netflix problem or originally the series was from DreamWorks. So maybe there's a difference in like the teams that are working on this. Cause I definitely did notice something different between the TV show and the movies. Didn't quite have the same aesthetic visually as the movies did. However, like I said, plot was great and everything. Other things to, you know, kind of just say is like there's this friendship between Poe and this, um, this character in the show called blade. It's definitely one of the highlights of this series because, You know, Poe is this very, just like Jack Black is in real life, very happy-go-lucky, very um, goofy and everything. So it's really cool to see, like, Poe make a really good friend and just kind of have his personality rub off on everyone, um, including the people in, you know, the little group. Um, We see him develop a deeper relationship with his dad. So as I mentioned, in, in the movie, he actually ran a noodle shop with his dad. Now that he's a food master, him and his dad kind of have a little bit of a different relationship. So this series kind of explores... The arc of what that relationship might be. And then lastly, I won't spoil everything for you, but in the final episode of the series, it's it's a little, it's a little bit of a mix up because it looks like Netflix wants there to be a third season because it wraps up the main storyline, what we had been, you know, what we had seen in season one and what season two ultimately did was wrap the season one storyline up. But there is this like disjoint kind of story going on towards the end of this series that makes it seem like there will probably be a season three. Um, I couldn't really tell from the end though. That was one thing I just found a little confusing. So maybe we will see a season three and which I will be really happy to cover. But overall, if I were to give you these thoughts, very good TV show for the kids. Um, also for me, even though I'm not quite a kid, it's there, it's definitely worthy of a continuation. You know, if They did make a third season. I don't think fans would be disappointed. I wouldn't be disappointed because it was just very easy for me to stay engaged with this show, for me to really relate to the characters and just overall see some development with some characters that have been influential in my childhood and everything. So I really hope that they do make a third season with this. And we just got done reviewing Kung Fu Panda um dragon knight on netflix Highly recommend you go watch that please make sure all the kids watch that and if you're if your kids out there have not seen kung fu panda what are you doing because that movie is a great childhood classic but we're going to switch this to a very non child friendly topic which is safe sex we're going to be talking about a movie that came out on z5 called chapter now this movie if you guys have been following us for the last few months or even you know over the past year we've covered a Movie very similar to this, also on Z5, called John Hemanjari. And um, in that movie, we came to the conclusion that John Hemanjari didn't really address this topic very well. But before we really dive into that, let me just let me talk to you about Chatham Wally first. So After all, it is a film that attempts to tackle a very important subject, which is the promotion of safe sex and the use of condoms. I don't really have to be the expert here to, to, you know, tell the world that um, the use of condoms and, you know, the promotion of safe sex is one, you know, very important way that we can, you know, potentially prevent unwanted pregnancies and other things. And so for that to be the theme of this movie, um, I'm really expecting a lot, you know, out of this, really expecting some sort of, um, you know, theme to kind of just punch the audience right there. The main character is Sonia Dingra, uh, who's played by Rakulpreet Singh, and she's a fictional chemistry whiz who works as a quality control expert in a condoms factory. She faces significant resistance from the community in her efforts to educate people about the importance of using condoms to prevent unlearned pregnancies and health hazards, especially, too, because she's also a woman in this role. So as we saw in John Hemanjari, you know, not only was she a woman in the condom business, but she was also trying to promote safe sex, kind of a double whammy in terms of like um you know what you kind of have to fight fight against i do think this film is very well uh intentioned but let me tell you a few things um that i think it struggles with so most of the characters um particularly the men are portrayed as being resistant to the idea of using condoms and it kind of falls back on like kind of these jaded lines and just these like out of I don't really know if, if if they're trying to go for like a comedic um, effort or something with these lines, but they just seem like kind of out of touch. Like they, they talk about how it's not appropriate for young boys um, and girls to even be really thinking about condoms, you know, let alone using them. Um, it's also just kind of backward in its treatment of, you know the subject matter it suggests that women are the ones who are responsible for reproductive status while men are only interested in having fun like i said you know if they're re- if they're coming at this with like a comedic intent these were just you know jokes that seemed very much out of touch because um you know as as we all know in 2023 that certainly is not the standard that we are trying um to to have out there I think one re- one weakness of this film, like overall, is its script. So, I mean, we, we, we have um, our quality control expert. She's really just really pushing to try and just increase not only the quality of the product that's being out there. But to even educate youth out there. I mean, there's many scenes where, you know, she's trying to take a lead or take an initiative on some of these things, but not only is she being shut down by some of her coworkers, but the broader audience themselves, the people that she's trying to, you know, spread this message to don't even really want to listen to her. Um, so you know, and like I said, if we go back to the script, there's there's many instances where we see these kind of jaded, these jaded lines. Sonny faces significant, uh significant resistance from even her husband's family, like her own her own family that she's uh, married into. And even her husband is portrayed as being hesitant to supporting her efforts. So this film kind of takes two things, two topics on hand. One, it talks about uh, prejudice against women and the workplace, you know, especially if um, they're in a male dominated space. But two, it's also not really effectively delivering the theme of promoting safe sex, promoting the use of condoms um, and everything like that. And even suggesting that women will be the ones that experience the negative side effects from, from using condoms. So very, very weird movie. Um, ultimately, I thought it fell short. I thought it fell way short, or sorry, like this, this film did a way worse job than Jahat Manjari. Like at least that one kind of made sense. They just didn't really dive 100% into the idea of spreading these themes. But this one, I mean, this one just, this one just kind of dropped the ball, in my opinion. Um, I don't know, And Like, what what is it with with some of these movies? Like, what, like, why why even bother trying to make this into a movie topic if you're if you're not going to really help the subject matter at all or help trying to progress um, the literature anyway? way? Like, what like what are your thoughts on it?
1: So I have a question for you, Michael. Uh, was the movie uh, a satire or was it straight up uh, sermonizing?
0: You know. That's the that's the thing I could not tell throughout the entire thing, because in my eyes, I wanted to view it as satire. I wanted to And I feel like it was coming as well intentioned. But what I must say is that like a lot of the jokes that were just kind of being delivered to me, at least felt very out. Of, even for satire, it felt a little out of touch. Um, because usually with satire, we see things in a slapstick kind of way, or we see things where it's so obviously like a joke, or it's so obviously, you know, trying to, you know, make light or or make comedy out of something um that that the audience can tell. But you know, not only across my review, but across you know, multiple people who have seen this movie, I think I think it's you know kind of a general consensus on. You know that this that this movie wasn't really delivering the theme that it was trying to. One thing with Jahan and Jari, I thought was interesting. Is it, it was kind of satirical in a way, but this one was very much also too, like not just about the safe sex and condoms, but also about um, the misogyny, the, the misogyny lines, and you know the woman aspect of it as well. So, it kind so of I was see, like I
1: see a lot of these movies being made as satires because they feel the filmmakers feel that if they if they tell people straight up without joking about it they might feel bad sure. or it might not come a, it's, it's like sugarcoating the the the, the pill right sure. so a lot of these movies come across as satires, but if they're not satires, they sermonize people to the extent it's just like the word feminism uh, took took such a negative um um connotation for a lot of people men and women both um you know uh because it was Terminized. It was repeatedly. Yeah. It repeatedly meant something to everybody that wasn't positive. Yeah. So it's the same thing here. You know, they they are they're trying to push the these concepts in a way that would allow the masses to uh to 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 watch and to and to and to understand these issues in in a satirical way. But my problem with that right now is yeah it would work uh, in a situation where people who are watching it really understand the 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 core of the issue yeah but a lot of these people don't understand the core of the issue even women don't yeah. because a lot of these women are so uneducated that they think that it's it is the way it is this is yeah. it it will give us diseases and is a man's prerogative uh it's it's a very layered issue for a lot of masses that it's intended for. However, yeah. uh, it's also a complicated issue. It's not just gonna be, um, you know, you're making a movie that that's 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 a great sir, and uh, that's a great lesson. That's a that that you want to say something about. Make it seriously. Uh exactly. The moment you start you start kidding around, it that entire issue becomes uh, becomes a very light issue for people to take interest in. Yeah. You
0: know, and just kind of going off of that, too, like, I definitely think this movie would have been able to be a success had maybe instead of focusing on what the current narrative is, which in some communities, really, the narrative is actually against women when it comes to the use of condoms, which might be very accurate in the real world and may have been even appropriate to use in this. However, what they didn't do to combat that is talk about the main problem at hand, which is that men themselves, too, aren't being responsible in the use of condoms and, and in the practice of safe sex. And while they while they tried to do that, you know, there I guess I should say that, you know, the comedy within that main problem didn't match, you know, some of the
1: jokes that they were
0: um, bringing to the table as well. Are so it did writers? feel very... One and a lot of in. these
1: writers and filmmakers have to realize that if they want to, um, if, if they to elevate the status of women, uh, the status of women, women, status of women is not going to get elevated by you preaching. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta make, you gotta make, uh, you we we need stories of men who understand women. Yeah. Because because half of the problem is men. 90 percent yeah. of the problem, not half, but ninety percent of the problem is men. If men were to, were to start rethinking their positions, then women would would, and, and and I'm talking about this because there are a lot more women who are uneducated than men are who are uneducated. There are a lot more women who don't have the um, who don't have exposure to rethink yeah. their lives than men. Right. So if we were to create create a, a more egalitarian society, I think the the storytelling needs to be for men. And it doesn't
0: even need to be complex because even when they do make a male as the focus of um, you know, the stories, a lot of times it comes as like a savior type, savior type of a role. You know, we've seen that plenty of times where they try to address this issue and this man comes as like the, the saving figure. It just simply needs to show just kind of Problem solution and do so in a funny way. I think this movie tried to do it. So I will give it that I'm not saying that this movie came um, at us with bad intentions. I'm just simply saying the script and the delivery didn't necessarily seem uh, that they were adequately addressing those themes. Wow, I could be an auctioneer. You hear how I'm rattling that off, it gets better each episode but we're going to wrap up here you know just as a little recap we had three shows um that we reviewed here highly recommend that we that you guys visit our website days.live we can read all the reviews in fact we actually upload these reviews before you even hear them so you know by going to our website you are staying up to date uh you know the hour it comes out on our reviews you can even interact with us if there's something in the review you didn't like or if there's something you really agreed with head over to daisy's live gram on instagram or Live on twitter and let us know your thoughts we love to react and we love to chat with our audience so we would love to see your love and support there but until next time we'll be catching you later with the best reviews because we watch these, so you don't have to
1: take care and i would never ask it